Welcome to the listener-supported Bikes or Death podcast. As you listen, you'll notice that there are no ads, no sponsors. All you'll hear is me talking to guests and delivering those inspirational stories directly to you. The growth that this podcast has seen in the first year has been enormous, and it couldn't have been possible without listeners' support. As we start a new year, I'm asking that the listeners will choose to value this show. I am making it for the listener. I am not making it for advertisers. Uh, And while the easiest thing I could do would be to go out and get an advertiser or a sponsor for this show, um, that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in producing a show that is authentic and real to me and to my guest and delivering that to you unfiltered. If you are enjoying this show and getting something out of it and it's helping to either inspire you or get through the work week, please take a moment to uh, show your support by visiting bikesordeath.com and pretty much anything you click on on my website will help. You can sign up as a patron. You can give a one-time donation on PayPal. There is the van drive going on right now where I'm trying to turn a van into a mobile podcasting studio so I can travel around the country and interview amazing guests one-on-one and much more. There's merchandise, um, all kinds of fun stuff. Please do me a favor, head over to bikesordeath.com either right now or after the show and find a way to contribute so we can keep the Bikes or Death podcast growing and going strong for another year to come. And as always, don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a review. It is so important to help grow the show and to help other people find it. So if you're into bikes, you're into bikepacking, you're into adventure, and the stories of the people that do those things, then please help a guy out. Thank you for all the support this year. It's been a wild ride, and I hope we can keep it going. Thank you. All right. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bikes or Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick, and I am your host. And this is a very special episode that I have for y'all today. I've been saving it for the first of the year because today's episode is with a 16-year-old girl who lives in Anchorage, Alaska, and has done uh, more bikepacking than a lot of people that I know. Um, She started at the age of 14. She was a product of Lael Wilcox's GRIT program, Girls Riding Into Tomorrow. And uh, after experiencing that, it just like, it hit for her. You know, she found her thing. And so if you're looking to be inspired, if you have goals, if you have things that you're looking to accomplish in 2020, Uh, This is a great episode to kind of give you a kick in the rear. I hope this episode will serve that purpose. Uh, What excuse do you have? As a 14-year-old girl, she got into bikepacking, and since then she's done some incredible trips, and she's only 16 years old. She's just getting started, and uh, such a motivational character. Yes, she's only 16, but uh, she has wisdom, she's figured things out, and she's doing it herself. She doesn't have a, uh, you know, a huge support system. This is something that she's passionate about, and she's finding ways to make it happen. And that's what it's all about. We're all in the same boat. Uh, you want to accomplish something in life, nobody's going to do it for you. You got to go out there, and you got to get it. I appreciate Alana coming on the podcast, sharing her story, and I hope that you enjoy it and it inspires you to kick off this new year with a little bit of motivation to get out there and ride your damn bike. One quick note about this episode, uh, if you head over to bikesordeath.com, you will find a link to a YouTube video of our interview. That's something new that I'm going to be rolling out in 2020 and going to try to release as many video episodes as I can. Uh, so if you'd rather watch than listen, head over to bikesordeath.com, click the link, and enjoy. All right, that's it. Let's get to the show. Well, 
today we have a special guest. I've teased this episode uh, before whenever I was talking to Lael. Um, so why don't you just introduce yourself real quick? Tell us who you are, how old you are, and where you live. Uh, I'm Alana Rose Parent. I'm a sophomore in high school, and I'm 16 years old, and I live in Anchorage, Alaska. And you just turned 16, I think. I did. I turned 16 four weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, some people might be wondering why I'm talking to a 16-year-old on a bikepacking podcast. Um, You came, well, I knew about you from Lael, but then you also made the news recently. Um, There was some social media floating around. Um, Why don't you tell us what maybe you're most well-known for? Um, the big thing is like, there's not a lot of teenagers that are riding their bike solo and someone sent it into a local news station. Hey, look at this. Started at 14, riding her bike solo over a thousand miles across Alaska by herself at 14. Um, and I'm not, I'm still not sure who sent it into the news, but the news was like, whoa, that's super cool. Why didn't we know about that at the time? Right. And they did, they wanted to do an interview about it in October. So I did an interview with them and it started catching a lot more attention than I thought it would because I didn't really think very much of it. So I didn't really tell many people about it, but a lot of people started messaging me and they're like, hey, like, it's super cool what you're doing. Can't believe we didn't find out about this sooner. You're 16 now, but you're still wanting to do all these really cool trips and you're still riding solo. Um, Right. Yeah. And I was one of those people that uh, reached out to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing. How did you not like how did you not comprehend how like impressive what you're doing and how unusual it is like did you have any sense of that when you were doing it I had sense of that like I have a lot of people give me crap about it they're like well you're stupid you're a female riding by yourself at 14 legally in most states I cannot rent a campground by myself because I'm under the age of 18 so it can make it very difficult to go on these trips but like a lot of the criticism that I was getting was just well, you shouldn't be doing this, like, you're not responsible, and I'm very, very responsible for my age. I had to grow up pretty fast. I've always been more responsible than any of the kids in my grade. I'm very, I'm very good at managing money and taking care of myself, so that definitely made, like, these trips easier for me to do, and I've never really had any issues on any of them. Yeah. Um, so is that how you sr- respond to people when they you know, throw out all the reasons why you shouldn't? Or how do you deal with that? I'm not your typical teenager, like at all. (laughs) Most teenagers are not doing what I'm doing. And they're not as responsible as I am. And I kind of explain that to people. Then also, this is my passion. Like, why are you going to stop someone from doing their passion if their passion is something that makes them a better person? Yeah. Hey, preach. I love it. What did your your parents say? I mean, you're 14. Uh, I have have a 10-year-old daughter, so I'm four years away from where you were, right? And I'm thinking about my little girl going out, and not that I would stop her, but as a father, I would probably have some concerns and want to have some conversations about it and, you know, talk it through. (laughs) It kind of really drives my parents crazy and makes them super paranoid. Um, I always, when I'm not gonna be anywhere with cell service I have a sat phone and they have the number and they're able to contact it whenever um my mom was definitely very nervous but Lael did a super good job of like hey like it's gonna be okay nobody's going to get hurt like you saw how well she did when she was in middle school riding bikes with me um which I met Lael through the girls riding into tomorrow program grit anchorage when I was in seventh grade, and that's kind of what started all of this. Um, I blame it on her. (laughs) She's the one who made me the person I am today. There's a lot of people that uh, she's influenced, uh, me being one of them. I mean, she's one of my biggest uh, uh, idols or people that I look up to, you know? So getting to interview her and uh, becoming friends with her has been really neat, but uh, she's definitely a very inspiring and uh, encouraging person. You know, she's not 
she's like, you can do it. You know, you really can. And, uh, and that's special. So I do want to go back and talk about like, yeah. So how did you get interested or even know about bikepacking at the age of 14? I mean, that's not what most, I think, (laughs) year old girls are doing, right? So like, how did that come up? That is definitely not what most 14 year old girls are thinking of. Um, we did a three-day bikepacking trip with the GRIT program, which was really challenging, but I liked it then, but didn't really have the resources to do it on my own. And then Back a few months quick. later... Back up real quick. And so, but did you hear about GRIT and you were like, oh, I want to do that? Or did, like, how did you even find out about it? And- no. So Lil Wilcox and Kate Rodriguez, the two starters of GRIT, um, they wanted to get six girls from Stellar Secondary School and six girls from Baggage Middle School. And Stellar is 7 through 12th grade. And uh, they were trying to find kids at Stellar that were interested and kids that would benefit greatly from the program. And I was one of the kids where they're like, this child is definitely going to benefit from this program. Like, I had never really even had a bike at all before doing GRIT. Wow. I was just never able to afford one. And really learned how to ride one um and then I did grit which was really really fun I really connected well with Kate and Lail and we at the end of the grit program you do a three-day trip that is a total of 60 miles carrying all your gear yourself other than food (laughs) um and we did that and I really liked that but I didn't have the resources to do it. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe it's something I'll be interested in when I'm an adult and can afford that gear. Yeah. A few months later, Lil is, she's offering a Riding Alaska scholarship to women that would like to enter the, the requirements where you had to come up with a 1,000 mile bike ride across Alaska. But if you won, you would get 10,000 Alaska Airlines miles all the gear and supplies that you needed to do it and money to do it as well. Um, And I didn't win the full scholarship, but everybody was just so impressed that a 14 year old applied for the scholarship that she did help me get all the gear together and to do the trip that I wanted to do, which was ride from Cantwell, which is a very small town right outside of Denali national park, all the way up to Coldfoot, which has a population of four and Whoa. is 250 miles away from Prudhoe Bay, which is at the top of the state, back to Anchorage. Wow. So cold? Um, the first night that I was out there, um, I was camping in Cantwell, and it got down to 31 degrees, and it snowed, and I was in a 35-degree bag. <laughs> Welcome to bikepacking. <laughs> <laughs> That was really bad, especially waking up with a gravel bike and there's snow on the ground. Good thing it was only half an inch of snow, but yeah. it was still like, oh, I'm not prepared for this. I oh, am yeah, that was night one. It was supposed to be hot out. <laughs> um, so at that moment, you're like, uh, what am I doing out here? Like, what was going through your head? I was just... Like, I'm crazy for doing this. Why did I ever want to do this? But then you get riding, and it was fine. But then also that day, there was super, super strong headwinds. And I was like, ah, well, I guess I'll make it. And then three days later, I'm biking to Nanana, and it's 60 degrees out. That's pretty hot for Alaska and, like, bike touring. And that was that was a really good day. Next day... There's over 6,000 um, feet of climbing, and it's 75 degrees out. And suddenly, it's like, oh, it's way too hot. And it's in the mountains, so there's not a lot of water. Mm. And I was getting really, really dehydrated that day, and I felt really bad. But I loved it. Like, there was something about it that it was like, I cannot quit. This is so much fun. Um, and I think... The big part of that is I love all the views and amazing animals and stuff that I get to see when I'm on a bike. Because right. you see a lot more going 10 to 14 miles per hour than you do going 60, 70 miles per yeah. hour. So, 
Yeah, and at ten or fourteen, you're going a lot faster than if you're hiking or walking or whatever. So it's a it's mm-hmm. a happy mix. And with a bike, you can you can sneak up on all kinds of wildlife. They don't even yeah. know you're there. Like all of a sudden, you're just like you know a deer or whatever it is. That's one of my favorite parts too. I I love uh, yeah. all the views and the wildlife and just being away. Um, so that first trip was a thousand. No, that not the first trip. This uh, what trip was this? So you did the. This was my one last good trip. But what number? I, so you, did, you did a great trip and you did 60 did miles. The, and then after that, did you just jump right into the thousand or did you do some training okay. up to that? So I don't really count my grip trip as like my first bike packing trip because it wasn't like hardcore bike packing. Like it's definitely wet got me hooked on bike packing, but I count my first solo trip, which was my 1,000 miles across Alaska, which it was 1,019 miles in 13 days of it. There was no cell service. And for two of those days, I did not see anybody. Wow. No cars, no nothing, no animals even. It was just like open land and a very horribly maintained gravel road. (laughs) (laughs) So was anybody tracking? Did you have a tracker on you so your dad and mom could... uh... I had a Garmin tracker and my dad was um, like being a pilot car for part of the trip just because my parents were like, huh, maybe we shouldn't let our 14 year old (laughs) go out by herself on the hall road where all it is is truckers and maybe five tourists every season. (laughs) (laughs) That hall road, aren't there like TV shows about it? Like Ice Road Truckers, isn't that on that road? Uh, I think that's on the Alcan, but there is one TV show on the Hall Road because it's a part of like the top 10 most dangerous roads in the US. Like that road is very sketchy, but it's a lot of fun to bike on. (laughs) Why? Uh, I, it's just open land. Like I know during August when the caribou are going through there, I think that would be so cool to go in August, even though it would be quite cold. Because uh, it snows up there in August and September. But I think it'd be just great to see all of the caribou herds just joining up there in these huge valleys. And there's a lot of ptarmigan up there, which they're really cool to see just doing their own thing as well. Oh, wow. And the weather was quite nice. It was in the 50s, which is a little bit cooler, but I really liked it. So how many days did it take you to complete the whole thing? Uh, 23 days, I believe. What do you, what was the hardest day? Do you have a day where you were just like thinking about packing it in and calling dad and saying, Hey, come get me. I'm uh, this, I'm over. I'm done. Um, there was one day where I was biking on the parks highway, which is from Anchorage to Fairbanks. Fairbanks, the second largest city in Alaska. And there's semi-decent shoulder like I would prefer something a little bit wider but it was pouring rain it was the second to last day of my trip I was riding right outside of Willow which is a small mushing community in Alaska and this one car purposely runs me off the road whoa and it's pouring rain and it's like come on dude (laughs) that's really messed up there's enough shoulder right here you saw me there was yeah. nobody in the other lane coming the opposite direction. And that didn't really make me want to quit the trip, but it was like, why do you have to do that? I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was following all right. like rules. I wasn't in your way. Yeah. Well, um, I, I live in a college town that's very heavily, heavily populated and uh, interactions with cars, unfortunately, is just a reality of of riding bikes. I'm actually talking to uh, a guy who was hit. He's cycling all the way around the world and he just happened to get hit by a car at 70 miles an hour, like 45 minutes from me. Uh, And he's gonna, he's starting to walk and stuff, but I'm going to uh, interview him like in three days. Um, But it's just a sobering reality that as cyclists, you know, that there's cars there and some of it, some of them just don't like us for whatever reason. And I don't know why mm-hmm. that is. And I wish it wasn't that way. Because I'm like you. I mean, 
uh, as a cyclist, we do everything we can to be visible and obey the laws. And um, not all of us, but hopefully most of us are doing that. Um, and hopefully, you know, we garnered the respect of these three ton vehicles that are going down the highways and byways. But yeah, that's a bummer. Negative interactions with vehicles is always like a huge, uh, yeah, just a huge bummer for me. It's like the one yeah. thing you just have like no control over. And the weather. No. The weather you have no control over too. But uh, the weather is just a part of it and you accept it and you're prepared for it and you deal with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, I I love the weather. Actually, I love not having to be stuck in a car. Like in a car, you can roll up the windows if it starts raining or snowing. Oh, I was helping out with Grit last season as a mentor and it was snowing one day and I was on a very janky hardtail with no studs and I was not prepared clothing wise and I had to bike 11 miles and it was one of the most miserable bike experiences I've ever had I actually ended up in tears which doesn't happen very often on a bike (laughs) uh gets us all eventually (laughs) trust me (laughs) yeah everyone will cry at some point (laughs) yes all right so let's let's I want to hear the rest of your trip. So uh, where did we leave off? Like around day three or so? I mean, you don't have to tell us uh, day, but it, I, it'd be nice to get like an overview of how that trip went and some highlights maybe. Yeah. Um, no. So day four or five, I was biking from Nanana to Fairbanks, which like I said, is about 6,000 feet of climbing, which is as someone who had done some training, but not really much, and it was my first real bikepacking trip, uh, that was really, really difficult for me physically. But I made it. I think I did it in like six hours and 30 minutes. How many miles? Um, it was 56 or 57 miles. Um, that whole day but the last four miles is just coming down the mountains into Fairbanks because Fairbanks is kind of in like a dip where it's surrounded by mountains but it's just a valley um that was fun I didn't I don't really like going downhill very much um, really? To be honest, are, I prefer to climb. A, a, I prefer to climb. You are a product of Lael. <laughs> <laughs> She's trained you well. I'm yes, you. she has. Um, and then basically 15 miles outside of Fairbanks, you lose all cell reception until you get to Prudhoe Bay. So that was nice having a break from social media and everything. Just me and my music until my phone died and my spot tracker. <laughs> um, so how are you navigating I, if your phone is down and your, well, your spot tracker you don't navigate with, but yeah, what are you using to navigate? Uh, there's only one road. Oh. <laughs> there's literally only one road. Alaska's road system, I think we have seven main highways and that's it. There's, there's yeah. only one road that goes north. Okay, got it. So you were so on. So the- it's pretty easy not to get lost. Right. Okay. Um, well, that that is actually kind of nice because you you can kind of turn that part of your brain off and just you know ride yeah. basically. No, I rode the Pacific Coast this past summer, and uh, that was really hard to navigate because here I don't have to practice navigating because there's only one road going south, one road going north. Like it's super easy to do. Um, but down in the States, it's crazy. There's so many different routes you can take. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming, actually. I mean, super, super overwhelming for someone coming from a small town with only 400,000 people. And like, I'm usually in communities where it's way less than that, especially when I'm biking and flying into Seattle, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and trying to bike out of Seattle was very mentally straining because I I never have to practice navigating. Yeah, yeah. So what what were you doing in Seattle? I was biking from Seattle, San Diego. With uh, some people or solo? Solo. Look at you. So what <laughs> what put that route on your radar? I mean, 
uh, I wanted. So after my Alaska trip, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do it again. Like it's, it's not that I hate bike packing. It's I hate being lonely. Come three months later, I'm like, okay, I'm going to bike from Seattle, San Diego. And my mom's like, dude, you just said that you hated that because you're doing it by yourself. And this is also going to be doing it by yourself. Yeah. Um, but the way that I was thinking of it is there's so many more people there. Like every camp spot that I'm going to go to, there's going to be somebody there that I can talk to. Because I am a very, very social person. But that like worked out super super well for me I always had people like in coffee shops Mm. or at campgrounds and when I wasn't biking I was hiking people that I could talk to dogs that I could pet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which you don't get as much of that here in Alaska because there's just so few people Um, but down there that seemed to work out pretty well that is so interesting. We are the opposite, and it may be because of a product of where we live. Like, whenever I go bikepacking, whenever you're talking about Alaska and you didn't see anybody for two days, I'm thinking that's like the best thing ever, you know? <laughs> but I live in a very heavily populated, I mean, there's people hustling and bustling, and, uh, you know, it's just nice to get away from that. Uh, so, but for you, you don't have that. And so you're like, oh man, this is nice. There's people I can talk to. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's nice, like, when I'm on my bike, I'm not talking to anybody, but when I'm off my bike, it's like, well, I want to talk to someone, because I was biking all by myself for 55 miles today. Yeah. Um, No, I get that, I get that, and in truth, a lot of times, my wife is with me, I'm lucky enough, or my wife and I, we both do this kind of stuff, so I'm actually usually not doing a lot of solo, solo stuff, Um, but yeah. But yeah, I, I understand that. That's totally, uh, totally understandable. Uh, what was your favorite? I asked you what, what was like a bad experience on your thousand mile, but what was like, I don't know, a turning point or, or a really good experience that you walked away from? Aside from the fact that you said you never wanted to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was biking uh, I was leaving Denali National Park, heading south on my way back um, south. And it was pouring rain, pouring, pouring, pouring rain. I had gotten charged by two different moose that day. Whoa. And when you're on the highway system, there's nothing you can do because it's just you, a mountain, a river, and a road. Oh, um, but like after that, I was coming down this hill and it was pouring, pouring rain, but you could see the sunlight. And then you make it all the way down the hill and it's no longer pouring rain. Like it's super bright, super sunny, super hot. Very nice. Uh, That was definitely a very fun moment for me because I do enjoy riding in the rain, but it's nice to get a break. Um, And that was, that was a good experience for me. No. What was it like? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go. <laughs> I just, I've never been chased by a moose before. That's like a, th- those things are huge and aggressive. Uh, what happened? <laughs> That's like- uh, usually what happens is you can't see them, or for me anyway, I can't see them, and then I pass by them, and then they start, like, they get upset, so they chase after you. Uh, There's one time where I was just riding on the trail system in Anchorage, and I saw one, but there was no way to get around it. So I just hustled and I looked at my speedometer and I actually got going over 19 miles per hour. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, for some reason, have way more moose encounters than a lot of my other friends on bikes. I guess I'm just a moose magnet or something, (laughs) but I've really found ways about getting out of situations like that I would definitely be way more afraid of a bear right um, that was my next question have Have you yeah yeah. I have feed two feed bags on my bike instead of just one and one's for bear spray and one's for snacks so okay have you had to use the bear spray I have not actually I've encountered a bear once but I did not have to deploy bear spray and I've never encountered a bear on a bike wow I've seen bears on a bike but always from afar but most they they're everywhere (laughs) this is insane i mean you have uh just a vast amount of uh experience like 
having been having grown up in a wild place uh it's not just the people and the cars like you're literally having to deal with real wildlife like those are real dangers where you you could be prey or just in their way and they don't like you and want to get rid of you yeah no i'm definitely a lot more afraid of ticks than anything which we don't (laughs) have ticks in alaska but when i was on my pacific coast trip i was in california and i was sleeping and i woke up one day i was right outside of saint Oso, California, and I, I like felt something on my leg, and I woke up and there was a tick, and I was freaking out because I am ticks are my biggest fear. Oh, they're pretty <laughs> gross. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's how you get Lyme disease. Yeah, they're, luckily they're it didn't bite weird. me, but it was still like really gross having it crawl on me and thank god that's something that we don't have to deal with in alaska or not yet anyway and when we do have to deal with it in anchorage i'm moving further north because i don't want to deal with them (laughs) (laughs) so will you ever come back to the states to go bikepacking or was that was that Uh, it y'all got ticks down there i'm not interested (laughs) i'm coming back in march of arizona actually to do a five-day trip over my spring break um it's going to be a mountain biking slash gravel biking touring trip. I'm going to do the Sky High Odyssey East Loop in Patagonia, Arizona, which I'm super excited about. Oh, cool. Yeah, I actually just got back from there. I did the, um, the camera with the name. Oh, Spirit World 100 uh, there in Patagonia, mm-hmm. Arizona. So that's crazy that I was just there. I didn't see any ticks, by the way. I know I wasn't I'm not super worried about ticks in Arizona because it's desert but yeah in places where it's more green they're everywhere <laughs> so I don't think we ever really uh finished talking about your parents and how they like how did that conversation go hey mom and dad I want to go ride my bike a thousand miles all over Alaska by myself like how how do you how does that go they're not as supportive as I'd like them to be, but I do understand like just the way that they raised me. I'm basically in charge of myself and I do everything for myself. Well, I do a lot of things for other people as well, but like things like that, I'm doing that for myself. And they kind of understood that it was going to make me a better person if I did that. And that trip really like many people go on for years trying to figure out who they are and that trip really just pushed it into me this is who you are Alana which was really nice to experience at such a young age because I know people that are in their 20s and they're still trying to figure out who they are I know people Um, in their 30s and 40s that are still trying to figure it out (laughs) I mean that yeah that is a true gift I mean that that's a beautiful thing um and it's beautiful that it's coming from bikepacking which is a, a sport or a community that I I personally uh, love very much and I've found a lot of my own identity in in it and a lot of my you know my people my culture my tribe um it's just a it's a good group of people no um they try their best to be supportive like neither of my parents are very into cycling at all my mom works uh desk job and she works for the state of Alaska which is a lot of added stress um my dad's retired but he's very more into like helping my brother with his hockey than he is to helping me um my parents have been split since before I was born but they try their best to make things work it can be super difficult sometimes though so these trips go ahead I'm not an easy child. I, it's not like I give them crap or anything. It's just like having a kid that's so independent and on their own can be a, very difficult because none of my siblings are really like that. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, you just don't expect that your kid is going to want to ride, you know, do these solo trips. That's not something that's on your radar for a 14 year old girl. And so I'm sure that's been an, an adjustment, but, uh, Kudos to them for at least not standing in your way. Um, you know, that I can't imagine as a parent that's got to be tough. But also, uh, it's so amazing that you're able to um, have that conviction and be able to figure out 
you know, all the things that you need to do to make that happen. Like you said, you're doing this all on your own. I know that people yeah. have helped you. I know um, Lael's helped you out and stuff like that. But, you know, you are creating the opportunities. You're going out there and talking to people and you're, you know, planning the trips and you're doing all that stuff, um, which is a great thing to be focused on. I mean, there's a lot of things in this world that you could be doing or, you know, filling your time with um, that don't bear the, the type of fruit that this does. So when you finish that, first solo trip did their attitude towards it change at all did they like oh wow she can do they it. were happy that i was able to get home without getting mauled by bear and not getting hit by a car um definitely they were like wow like you did it my mom didn't think i was going to be able to make it like she says that she didn't say that, but I vividly remember her a week before I was about to leave. I don't think you're going to be able to make it. I don't think you've trained enough. I don't think, like, mentally you're going to be able to do this. And I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's part of the reason why I was so, like, stubborn about finishing it was people keep telling me I'm not going to be able to do this or yeah. that I'm crazy for doing this. Therefore, I need to do it. <laughs> I I, I was going to ask you that. I find that when people doubt me or it just in general, when someone is doubting you, it, it just feeds that fire. You know, it's just fuel. And you, whenever things are hard and it's cold and you're wet and tired and you got to climb 6,000 6, feet, you remember all the ne negative things that people said, like, no, they said I was going to quit and I'm not going to make them right. You know, I'm not going to quit today. And and prove that I can't do this, you know? So in some way we like owe it to them, you know, to like, I don't know, you know, yeah. like, I want, you don't want people to be negative, but on the other hand, at least for me, uh, negative stuff can like spur me and be like, if, or, or not even negative, just doubt. If there's like doubt, the one thing that I would say is like, one thing that I've learned or, or try to do is, um, is like, make it an internal battle of like always trying to find what my own personal limits are, you know, like, you know what you can do, but go find out what you are not sure you can do, you know, like test yourself. Do you need to go? Yeah. No, I was just messing with my headphone. Oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I try to like internalize it and just make it a, a personal thing, but I can't deny that whenever someone like doubts you, it does like push, push you a little bit harder. Yeah. So uh, tell me about this trip you're doing in uh, Patagonia. You said it's gonna be a five day trip. Yeah, uh, four to five days. I'm not doing this one solo, actually. I yeah, found someone to ride with me the entire trip, which so makes me super it? happy. Uh, her name's Vera. She is a lifelong Alaskan, and she works remote up here. But she's gonna take five days off and come ride with me, so I don't have to do it by myself. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Did you plan that trip? Yes, that's actually one of the many great things to come from me doing these bikepacking tours is like I've learned to budget myself and do all these like airline expenses, all this other planning stuff that most kids like their parents do stuff like that right. for them. And I've had to do it all on my own. And it's definitely made traveling a lot easier for me because I'm able to budget things out. I'm able to like figure out oh okay so this is the cheapest way that I can fly down there realistically with my bike this right. is like my budget for food I already have this gear so this is an expense that I am not going to have to pay for right yeah Man, that well yeah it's it's again that's like a that's a really great life skill that you're learning you're being forced to I mean there's no one else that's going to do it for you but you're very much in the exact same position I am, you know, as a 40 year old dude, it's like, that's how I live my life. It's I, I, I'm not like living to work, you know, like I don't, you know, work pays for stuff. And I like to uh, go on trips. I like to experience the world uh, on a bicycle, I like to get away and uh, go experience nature and all that stuff. And that's how I, I mean, that's how I live my life. It's like, okay, you got a budget for it. Like, it's not just going to happen. No one's going to do it for you. You gotta, you gotta figure it out. So in, in one way, that's really great that you're getting that at such a young age. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that'll serve you forever. Yeah. No, also, like, the skills that I've had to learn managing money, like, my parents aren't able to fund any of my trips um, because we just financially can't afford it. But I have a job. I have GoFundMes up for all the trips that I do so people can donate there. I make sure to also do a lot of, like, community outreach and volunteer as much as I can. So it's not like I'm just taking money and not helping other people. Like, I try to educate people on bikes as often as I can. And I work with Grit and other um, biking groups in Anchorage. And I also I make bike art, and I sell that as well. Um, as a fundraiser, 80% of those proceeds go to my future bike trips and then 20 goes back into making, uh, more bike art. So cool. Yeah. And you actually donated some, uh, bike jewelry, uh, bike art, uh, to, uh, to my band drive, trying to get that band, that mobile podcasting studio. I might drive it up to Alaska one day on the one road. That would be super cool. Oh man. I would. (laughs) Absolutely. Alaska is definitely on my list. Uh, the only thing now I'll ask you, all I ever like you see videos of Alaska, they're always talking about the flies or the mosquitoes. I mean, the mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. How bad? How bad uh, are they? I, so the type of mosquitoes that we have up here for like a more northern climate. And um, last year in Anchorage, usually we have like semi bad mosquitoes, but like it was so hot like we broke so many records last year with it being hot and there was (laughs) there was no mosquitoes there was a bunch of yellow jackets which we typically don't have a lot of yellow jackets Mm -hmm. but if you go further north the closer you get to prudhoe bay the more mosquitoes there are because the more like ponds uh yeah when i was up north uh, close to pump station five for the trans alaska pipeline this vehicle was parked on the road and had their engine still running and you could see the mosquitoes just a huge black swarm of mosquitoes around this car because it was warm <laughs> or because there was because someone it was warm okay. because it was warm and they yeah. can the way that they see is like they can see warm and that's how they find people or animals to prey on is uh. they can see the warmth radiating radiating off of their bodies so wow yeah that's the only thing that scares me about alaska is well the grizzly bears i mean you gotta if you're gonna go out in wild places you just need to be educated about wildlife and not be stupid Um, definitely you know uh but the mosquitoes is one thing it doesn't matter how educated you are if you're yummy they're gonna come and eat on you yeah well luckily up here we don't have any of the diseases that are transmitted through mosquitoes so it's just they bite you and you get a bump that itches for a week and then it goes away yeah when I was little someone told me if like because with a lot of things if you eat them or if you touch them enough like you'll no longer have a reaction to them right and uh I tried that with mosquitoes when I was like 10 and it didn't really work out too well for me (laughs) I I actually uh, got poison ivy. So do you know what poison ivy is? Do y'all have that? We do not have that, but I do know what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I got poison ivy so much as a kid. We had a creek in my backyard, and I was always playing in the creek, obviously, as a little boy. And uh, I to this day, I I I can like touch uh, poison ivy and poison oak, and I won't get it. Nice. So I, I don't know if that works for everybody. I'm not recommending that as medical advice, but hey, it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think the mosquito thing worked out super, super well, but I definitely don't get as irritated as a lot of other people do. Right. So I guess it worked out. Well, I, I don't know. I noticed that too. <laughs> We're kind of going off a tangent, but uh, yeah, because I live in Texas, we have really bad mosquitoes and I'm getting a bit, bit a bunch, but like if people from other states that don't have as many come here, they seem to have like a much harder time with them than I do. So I don't know if it's that I'm, there's an immunity or I'm just kind of used to it, but yeah, either way. All right. Well, you convinced me. I'll, I'll come to Alaska in my van. You should. Alaska is super cool. Bring your daughter, bring your wife. They'll have fun. We could hang out. We could all go ride bikes. Yeah. I like to ride bikes. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you're 16 years old. I presume you have two more years left of high school? Yes, I do. So what are, I mean, 
I was really impressed to hear you say that I've I found found who I am. I figured out who I am and and what I want out of life and that kind of stuff, which is amazing. But how is that dictating your future? Like, what do you? Obviously, uh, talking to you, I can tell. I know you got some goals. So, what are you? What are you thinking? What are you working towards? Uh, I would like to get an RN slash BSN nursing degree, and then eventually go to nurse practitioner school. Um, I know a nurse in Alaska who actually works for seven days straight, and then she takes fourteen days off and goes and bikes in the lower forty-eight. Right. And that's what I would like to do, definitely for the first four or five years after I'm done with schooling. That sounds really amazing to me. I want to travel. I want to bike pack all around the world when I'm older. It's just really expensive. Yeah. Um, kind of, but kind of not. I mean, there's a lot more expensive things you could do. I mean, with bike packing, yes, you've got the gear is. and you're camping. Yeah, once you have the gear, it's just plane tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually, hopefully starting a family when I'm in my 30s. I know this one guy who goes mountain biking with his two-year-old, and she has a little seat on the top two bar oh, that so she great. sits in. And I was like, I want to do that with my future kid if I have kids. Um, yeah, yeah. So. That's, that's beautiful. I love it. I love you. You're going to uh, inspire the, well, I mean, heck, you are the next generation. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out. You're like next up and coming. Yeah. So no. It, have you Here like you have you um found any other teenagers, girls or boys that are that are you've kind of connected with that you both share this similar passion that are cuz I I don't know. I mean, I know some high school kids that have been on a couple trips, but you know, they're kind of like more mountain bikers and maybe they'll go camp, you know, exactly. but like Exactly. I But you're the only one my... I <laughs> All my friends that I go biking with and stuff, it's pretty much just mountain biking. I'm trying to get my boyfriend more into bike packing, which that's like my goal for the next coming summer. I'm planning to go out of state during spring break, but I really want to like focus on traveling more in Alaska because we don't have many roads, but we have enough that I haven't traveled yet that I would like to do. I would like to bike to McCarthy from Anchorage, but I'm like trying to get my boyfriend and some of my friends more into bike packing. Um, so I'm going? hoping I can do the trip that we did to Eklutna with the GRIT program with my boyfriend and some of my other friends. So is he open to the idea? Uh, yes, I actually he got in an accident with his bike. He got hit by a car. Oh. He's okay. The bike, like, has a dent, but it's cosmetic. It's not actually going to mess up the frame, but it did mess up his rack a lot. So I fixed his rack. I bought him some new bike bags, and I was like, we're going to do this. And he somewhat submitted and was like, yeah, we're going to do this. <laughs> um, you're, you're determined. You're like, listen, I'm going to fix your bike. I'm going to get you the bags. I'm going to plan the trip. <laughs> All you got to do is go. Exactly. He's not too much into the idea of bikepacking like on a highway system, but gravel roads or mountain biking bikepacking, he's super, super interested in. Um, hopefully in the future, in a few years to come, we can go to Washington and do some bikepacking there. I think that'd be a really good experience for him to have. How um, far away is Washington from you? Do you drive it or fly it? Fly it. It's oh, okay. it's like a four-hour flight, too. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It is yeah. a long flight. Okay. It, uh, <laughs> it takes a long time to drive down there. I'm the only one in my friend group who actually has my driver's license. So all my friends were like, yeah, we're going to go do all this mountain biking in the summer because you're going to be the only one with your driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you could just, like, take them and drop them off somewhere and say nope we're bikepacking sorry <laughs> surprise you don't have any of the year but that's okay <laughs> hey uh so before you found out about bikepacking what were you into were you into um, sport were you doing sports or i did volleyball for a while but i stopped doing that in sixth grade i was really not hanging out with the best group of kids and I was living on a bad side of town 
and I like I could tell everybody was like steering towards a path that I didn't want to go on so I made the decision when I was about to go into seventh grade that I was going to go to an alternative school instead of my um, zone school the best one of the best decisions I've ever made uh, definitely like all the kids that I was going to sixth grade with they're sophomores now and they're not doing super well and a lot of them have either had abortions or have children or have had to drop out of school for other reasons or have drug addictions so I'm really happy that I didn't go down that route and that I decided to switch to an alternative school my alternative school brought me the grit program and then Lail and Kate and that brought all the biking stuff and I work at a bike shop and I love my job and I love my school and I love biking. So really like making uh, that switch to go to a different school has opened up so many more doors for me that would have never been opened. Man, you need to like do some public speaking or something. You're, you're, uh, I mean, you and yourself are inspirational. I mean, Lael is, um, but Lael isn't 14 or 16, you know, I mean, um, to be your age and to have the wisdom and be able to like look at the direction your life is heading, make a conscious decision to, to change it. Like I'm going to make a change. And, uh, and now you're seeing how that's benefited you. You're, you're reaping the benefits and you can see that. Um, and that's going to inform the rest of your life. You know, I mean, that's, that's powerful stuff. It took me, I had a similar story to yours, except for I was a lot older Um, and I did go down a bad path, you know, and I was just not, uh, productive or doing anything worthwhile. And, um, and it, you know, I had to make some, you know, quit the friends move, you know, just stop, you know, just everything and just flip a switch. And that's actually when I got into riding bikes, started with mountain biking for me. And that kind of started my progression towards, uh, bike packing and just, just a better lifestyle, you know, but I was a lot older than you were. Yeah, no, eventually I'd like to write a book. Like, I've worked on some stories that I'd like to have in the book. Like, I, my, one of my older brothers passed away last year in a car accident. And I wrote a lot about that because that was just a way that I was able to cope with it. Um, yeah, sorry. And it's all good. Um, but, like, that really kind of opened up a door for me and I was like you know like I really I want to tell people my story because I have a very unusual story and it's gonna bring hope for people that were in a similar situation and they know like do not give up there is a way out like you're not gonna be stuck in that life forever um yeah no that's that's powerful maybe you could even uh it would be neat I'd like to see I mean you know you do you but just a recommendation I'd love to see you write some articles you know for bikepacking.com or um, I'd publish it on I, my website or you know but I mean you, you trip reports what you learned uh, you know how it's uh, helped you to grow and define who you are as a person like all I mean that's that's freaking awesome yeah I would love to write for bikepacking magazine but it's like I don't know how to contact any of those people I do I do I'll, I'll hook well, you up. Hook me up. If you want me to write stuff for you, just tell me what you have an idea of. And I, I also really enjoy writing. It's something that I have a passion about. I love doing it in school. I love especially writing about bike stuff. Yeah. Um, I've written for a few local magazines in Alaska as well. Um, and yeah, for Revelate Designs too. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll chat. Uh, we'll, I'll chat some more with you on the Instagrams. But uh, I, I mean, you have a... <laughs> You know, it's like everybody else saw your potential after grit and they rallied around you and supported you and got you the gear and some money and and like set you off on this journey. And as a result, you've learned a lot, you know, and your um, they're important life skills. I mean, it's not just riding your bike. It's learning how to manage money and hold a job and manage friends and family and all the responsibilities that you deal with in life. I mean, it's just life, you know, like if you want to, yeah. you want to go ride your bike, that's cool, but you got to do all the other things too. And, uh, so hearing it from somebody who's so young and be able to articulate that so well, uh, is, I think it's really neat. So we'll definitely have to, we'll have to do something like that. Yeah. 
All right. So I know you have to go. Uh, you're actually at your bike shop right now taking a lunch break. And uh, yeah, we're, we're doing a little podcast real quick. But before we go, I do you have any advice for other kids, boys, girls, just your age that, um, yeah, to get in there or get into the sport and get outside and go explore it? Be safe. Don't be scared. Being scared, I've gotten, I've had so many bad falls being scared. Uh, watch out for gravel, because that's how I got my concussion. I don't have it right now, but I got a concussion a few months ago because of gravel. <laughs> uh, make sure you have good tread on your tires. Um, Were you wearing a helmet? Thing, yes, I was wearing a helmet. It actually cracked my helmet close to all the way in half. Well, that's a good message, too. Yes, Definitely, I, I be safe the best you can. I wasn't doing anything stupid. I, I just got caught in gravel and fell off my bike. Um, if you get a concussion, don't try to get up. I did that, and I ended up hitting my head again. Oh. <laughs> and if you think you have a concussion, go to the hospital, because I didn't think I had a concussion, and then I was forced to go to the hospital. Nice. <laughs> um, but on a more serious note, don't be afraid. Be yourself. If you don't have the gear right now, work towards getting the gear. There's plenty of people out there that want to help you. Absolutely. Um, and don't give up. It's It gets tough sometimes. I was When I was biking the Pacific Coast, it rained for two and a half weeks. Wow. Constantly, night and day. It's a part of life, and it's type two fun. You'll look at it in the future and you'll actually see how fun it actually was and how you wish you were still out there so what do you what do you love about bikepacking what is it about it that um makes you want to keep pursuing it and and put up with the long days and the you know all the hard things like what makes it worth it the experiences with the wildlife and the views and the weather that you get to see and just it's like taking you out of the world that you're in and putting you in a different world where it's just you don't have to stress about financials you don't have to stress about school you don't have to stress about work it's just you your bike in the road or you your bike in the gravel you your bike in your trail in the trail yeah yeah i couldn't say it any better than that that's exactly right um well if people want to follow along, you mentioned that people can support you on GoFundMes and you have jewelry that you sell and other stuff. So do you want to plug a couple of those things so people can follow you and support you? Yeah, I would say the easiest way to like follow those things is to follow me on Instagram because I post all of those things online. Um, also, any future trip suggestions, send your suggestions. I'm always looking for trips that I can do. Uh, the Arizona trip, actually, Lail sent that to me, and she's like, you got to do this. It's so much fun. You're going to have a blast. Awesome. You have any small or large trip ideas, please just send them to my Instagram, and uh, it's kittencat484. Yes, I know. Very weird Instagram handle. I created it <laughs> when I was a little kid, and I'm like, people know me by this now, so I don't think I can change it. But... I know. We get locked in on those sometimes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm truly impressed by you. I'm glad that uh, you're out there. I'm inspired by you, and I'm hopeful for my daughters too. You're you're like getting me stoked. Um, I'd love I'd love obviously to have my kids going and doing this kind of stuff, but th because they want to. Like I love the passion. Yeah. That is coming from a natural place inside of you. Um, yeah. And you, you can't you can't buy that. That's just that's that's awesome. Um, and I hope we talk some more. Definitely. Yes. No, wanna... I'm like so thankful for this experience. I have never done anything like this before, but it's thank you so much for having me. It is, oh, yeah. it's been great. Well, we'll definitely do it again. I want to keep up with everything you got going on. So follow her on Instagram and we'll have her back on sometime in the future. All right, if you stuck around this long, it's probably because you liked that episode. And if you did, I would ask you to head over to bikesordeath.com, find a way to support this show to help me keep bringing great content, great guests, free of advertising, and 
other nonsense. Thank you again to Alana for coming on the podcast. Uh, I can't believe you've done so much in such a short a period of time. Uh, I am inspired by you, and I really am looking forward to following along your journey uh, in bikepacking. Uh, can't wait to see what what you do next. So, um, and I'm looking forward to our uh, the next time we get to chat. All right, folks. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling like uh, I don't know. I might go ride my damn bike. <laughs>